sometimes you meet like really positive people and, and no matter, they're just always happy. And I've always wanted to be that person, but, um, I, I'm not, I, I mean, I would love to be, but I'm not. Um, and he, but he's that horse. It's just like, what do you want to do today? Oh, cool. I'm happy to do that today. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. And Karen, we love cowboy magic. We talk about it all the time. What are we highlighting this week, Karen? This week we are highlighting Cowboy Magic's Super Body Shine. I love the Super Body Shine, Karen. Right, and it's formulated to give Harry super shine. And it helps repel show ring dust and dries fast. Yep, it has aloe vera in it. Um, helps strengthen and condition the hair and skin, Karen. Sure so does. you want to look your best. Yes, always want to look your best. And it helps repel the dust and dirt. So, you know, before you put your horse out, it's not just about the show ring. It's about helping to kind of, let's alleviate these these stains from getting in there. Right, Karen? Right. It reduces your number of trips to the wash rack as well. So in wintertime, that's very important. Yep, for sure, for sure. So thank you very much, Cowboy Magic. It's a, it's available in 16-ounce, 32-ounce, and a full-gallon, Karen. So you know when you got that big barn, you're going through this, so you need the gallon. Oh, yeah. Go straight to the gallon. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Little goes a long way, but you're going to want to use this all the time. So thank you very much, Cowboy Magic. Triple Crown Feed, Oh, Karen. yeah. Triple Crown. Big fans of Triple Crown Feed. They have tons of of great products out there, Mm -hmm. premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. Triplecrownfeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. Triplecrownfeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have a great feed com- comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. What did you get this time from our good friends at Fairfax and Favor? I got the Monaco wedges in the navy blue suede. Very nice. And also the British equestrian tassels. Yep. Yeah, very cool. So, uh, somebody did a really good job of picking this stuff out for you. I think so. Uh, what's really cool is the wedges have like an embossed Fairfax and Favor on the toe of the shoe, on top of the shoe. And then they have... The little tassel on the back. Very little, mini little Fairfax and Favor tassel on the back, which makes it a very, very cute detail. How comfortable are they, Karen? You wear so them? comfortable. Really? Because I know uh, you are funny with your shoes. I know, I am. And I always worry about getting your shoes, but... Um, especially cute shoes because for some reason they seem to hurt the most but I I love them they're perfect they love them perfect super super the tassels they're British equestrian Mm -hmm. red and blue and blue so like blue on one side red on the other so you got a cool little contrast on the boots so can't wait to put them on my Regina boots yeah the Regina's that's the cool thing You, you you don't need to get a whole new pair of boots to to dress it up with a different color outfit you just change out your tassel so we love Fairfax and Favor, obviously. They fit your feet good. Mm-hmm. So you have the trainers, the Reginas, these wedges. How do they, do they all fit good? Like, tell me about the fit. Do they feel good when you wear them? 
I yes, yes. And I I do have a a high arch mm-hmm. and I feel that they fit me perfect. Yeah. I can wear them all day. Very cool. So we've done hikes with your trainers yes. and you've worn the Reginas all day. And, I wore and my shows. Reginas in Kentucky and did not bother me one bit. Yeah, so fantastic. So listen, go to fairfaxandfavor.com, order yours. This episode is brought to you by Red and Goat Equestrian. Red and Goat Equestrian will be at the Equine Affair November 10th through the 13th, and they'll be located at booth 3017 in the Mallory Building. Make sure you tell them Robin Karen sent you. Trish Scott's got us covered and she can cover you. Trish is on with us to talk about equine mortality and medical coverages, which there's a lot of changes, Trish. So tell us what's going on in the industry right now and how can you help people? Yeah, there's a lot of changes going on in the equine mortality medical coverage right now. And I just wanted to put the word out there that we don't have to be afraid. Changes are coming, but um, I can certainly take care of, you know, whatever, you know, whatever questions, concerns, you know, our, our vendors have. Um, right now, the biggest one is Great American is not offering any medical coverage to any renewals or new business. But And the thing is with our vendors, they're the one of the top three rated horses for, um, you know, for mortality. So it's a very unique breed of animal, very unique training. So we need to make sure that your policy is covered. Um, I have access to some of the top rated carriers right now. They are all offering full mortality, medical, surgical, any coverage is needed for our vendors. Don't worry about it. Just give me a call. I'll be more than happy to walk through your current policy and make sure that your renewal is covering your horse. Not a problem. Just give me a call. I'm always available. 484-319-8923. Cooler weather is just around the corner, so don't let your horse get caught in the cold. Yeah, a turtleneck has your horse's Clothing needs covered care. They sure do. Don't let your horse get caught out in the cold on that first cold night of the season. Now is the time to shop and purchase your fall and winter blankets, Karen. So how do people learn more? So for sizing and temperature guidelines, you can go to turtleneck.biz. I'm Rob. And I'm Karen. And Rob... Our next guest, not only is she coming off a big win at the Haggard Mid-South in the two-star long, yes, ma'am. but she is a huge Corgi lover. Out of after my own heart, Karen. Yes, yes. Welcome to the show, Christina Hendrickson. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah. excited to chat with you both today. Uh, oh, yeah. We're happy to have you. We're super happy, too. We'd already had a little Corgi meetup. We'll, we'll, we'll be sharing little that. Daphne and Stanley. Daphne and Stanley got the meet. For, and in typical Corgi fashion, neither one would actually look at the camera. Like, they, it's so funny. You get around yeah. Corgis, and their their traits are so... That that breed's traits are deep. Like, they, 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 like we did the Corgi races a couple weeks ago. Unfortunately, you missed. We'll talk about that. But... Um, it's funny to see these quirkies and while a lot of them look a little different, all that, a lot of their personalities are so similar in the way they look away and the yeah. way if you carry them, the way they hold their heads and they're just such a quirky, quirky dog. They're very predictable. All of them. I mean, it's, it's like, and you can just tell by their traits, like, yeah, that it's definitely quirky. So, yep. but there's nothing, no other breed out there like them. And they have always won my heart for many years. So I am a <laughs> diehard quirky fan and probably will be for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, so we, we, yeah, we, we just got standing three years ago yep. and then three years, we, yep. we're like fell in love. So, yeah. so we're, we're definitely f- full, full in now. The, um, it was funny too, cause at the quirky 
Stanley is not a big barker. He barks when he wants to tell a dog or other dog what to do and stuff, but he's not a ready, steady barker. But there are some corgis that are just steady barkers. And we were checking dogs in for the corgi cup in the Maryland five star. And there were some dogs that I, I don't think they stopped barking the yeah, entire time. The entire time. <laughs> they just barked uh, and barked and Stanley couldn't stand it. Yeah. He's looking at them like, what is wrong with them? <laughs> <laughs> so funny oh that's so funny i mine only really bark if they're set off by something yes like they have triggers and then they go absolutely berserk um the kubota buggy is a big one if that starts up they're they're circling it and all of them barking and yapping and attacking each other and it's just mayhem and then when i do the leaf blower in the barn they they just go crazy <laughs> they're attacking the leaf blower they're running around from one end of the barn to the other I mean, it's it's comedy. Every day it's comedy in the barn with three of them. So it's never a dull moment. Um, but it's you know, it's good for the young horses in the barn too because they, they really learn to tolerate all of the noise and their little furry things running around their legs. And, you know, thankfully, uh, none of them have caused me to have a, you know, accident or something yet. But um, I do yell at them every day saying, one of these days, somebody's not going to tolerate you. <laughs> Mm. They're, they're crazy dogs they're crazy <laughs> they're fun so where are you coming to us from we always like to find out we're not in the same room we're we're by zoom so where are you yeah so i am in charlottesville virginia uh just north of charlottesville uh keswick actually about 20 minutes from downtown uh and uva and the uva campus so pretty good location oh uva mm. my nephew just or yeah. our nephew just yeah. graduated from uva last. Yeah, about a year ago yep yeah. yep it's awesome oh, wow. It's good school. Very good school. Cool. Can you hear the band and the football yeah. stuff from, from home? Like, are you close enough to hear it? Because I know they get rocking pretty loud there. Yeah, no, not not okay. that close. Oh. Okay. Well, just <laughs> no. didn't know how close The only thing we usually really hear out here is there's a local country store that does live music on Saturday nights in the summer. So we can sit on our front porch and look out at all the paddocks with the horses in it in them and uh, and listen to you know, folk music and country music. And that's pretty nice. One of my favorite things about summer here. So that sounds yeah, pretty yeah, cool. That, yeah. It sounds relaxing. That sounds awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so Christina, <laughs> one thing we love to do is we love to hear your origin story. So can you take us back and tell us how you got your start in riding and then into eventing? <laughs> wow. Well, um, I have a very interesting origin story. So I grew up in a very small town in South Dakota. Um, there was about 800 people that lived there. No stoplights. I mean, very basic. Um, my mom did horses and I grew up on, on a farm there, um, starting quarter horses, taking off the track thoroughbreds and restarting them. Pretty much anything I could ride and 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 figure out kind of what makes it tick and and you know um, just learn. Like, I guess I kind of I learned a lot on my own. Um, my mom did teach me a ton as a kid, and then when she felt like she couldn't take me any further, she literally drove me all over the Midwest to get you know lessons and go to clinics and get any education that I could as, as a kid. Um, and you would think being in South Dakota, I should have been a rodeo queen right <laughs> and, and for my whole life uh, i mean up until probably the last 10 years my mom had always 
said that, you know, why couldn't you have just been like everybody else and on the rodeo scene? And, and, and I, I did a bit, I did the, I did everything. I did driving, I did Western pleasure, I did roping. Um, but I watched the movie Sylvester when I was like eight years old. And for whatever reason, that movie, I was like, that's going to be me. That's what I want to do. This is my calling. And it was like something just switched in my head. And yeah. And then I was like, hey, mom, I want to jump. Can you figure out how to find someone that knows anything about jumping and take me there? And and she did. I mean, like it was, you know, it was all very local backyard then. Um, but as I, you know, got older and into high school and um, I rode in the junior developing young rider program in Minnesota that uh, Fred Hunt used to do and Becky Holder and Philip Dutton would come in in the summers. And um, yeah, I kept doing that. And then I took working student positions um, whenever I could in the summer. I did one in Nebraska um, at a riding center there. Um, and then I went to Minnesota and did a couple in di- different uh, parts of Minnesota. Um, and then I ended up, I had kind of rough luck as, as a young rider. I had horses two years in a row that would have been able to go to young riders and I had unfortunate accidents and um, actually lost both of them. Uh, the first one I lost to colic and then the next one, um, it, it just, it didn't work out for me to keep going with them. And so I said, okay, I, I'm going to do something else for a while. And I moved to Colorado, um, actually went up to the mountains, uh, ran a therapeutic riding program up there for the national sports center for the disabled. And, uh, and really loved it. It was so different than anything I'd ever done before. Um, and then uh, ended up working at a dressage training and sales barn and, and had brought my horse out and was still trying to event and, and was doing that. And then at the same time was taking, you know, classes in the evenings and at night. Um, and then ended up going to nursing school um, and got my degree in nursing. And I met my husband um, and rode, rode as an amateur for several years out there and in California and kind of Texas and all over, all over the West coast pretty much. Um, and then when my husband got the opportunity to go to England to the side business school, um, we jumped on it and, I'm, and he, he said to me when he's like, would you like to go to England? <laughs> and I'm like, what, what are you, are you messing with me? <laughs> kind of question is that? I have my bag packed already. Like, I'm there. <laughs> um, and uh, I had had a, a really exciting young horse at the time that my mother-in-law had actually bought for me to um, to just produce and sell. And uh, I took her to actually to Haggard Mid-South in 2014, did my first two-star long on her there, was the USEF Reserve two-star champion. Um, that was actually the last time I'd competed there until last week. Um, and I love the venue and I love the event. And it was such an experience at the time because that was the, you know, I had done Florida, I had done, um, California, um, but I hadn't, I hadn't done a lot of FEIs yet. And so that was super special. And I actually took that mare with me to England. Um, I did several intermediates there with her, moved her up to the three-star level. Um, had her qualified to do the three-star long at Osberton in 2016. Was it? 2015. Sorry, 2015. Because we moved in 2015. Um, and then, unfortunately, she got hurt like three weeks before. Um, 
but you know, she, she was a wonderful, wonderful mayor. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So then we moved to England and I spent four years there training and competing, bought a really nice young horse from Piggy French, um, that actually produced the advanced level, um, while I was there. Um, and just took every opportunity I could to learn and discover things that, you know, as a young person, I, I hadn't even dreamed of being able to do and see and experience. And, um, yeah, and then moved to Charlottesville, Virginia in 2018. And uh, 2019, we bought the farm, and I started Henriksen Eventing, and here I am. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, sorry, probably much longer story than you wanted. But no, 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 not at no. all, not at all. Very no, good. We, we love yeah. to get, we got to get down and dirty now. Yeah. Now it's time to <laughs> down. So, you, you uh, in a little bit of research, Yeah. Karen Annie does mm-hmm. amazing research. She hit, and she hates when I call her Karen Annie, by the way. So, <laughs> don't like it. sorry, don't ever call don't her Karen like Annie. Um, that's a quick ticket to the doghouse <laughs> for me. Anyway, Karen, uh, so we, you know, we found that you you worked for Captain Mark Phillips out there in GB. I based with Captain Mark at Captain Mark Phillips okay. uh, yard oh, for okay. the first year that I was there. Yes, and wow. that was an incredible experience in a beautiful, beautiful yard. Um, and then, but it was 45 minutes on a good day from Burford where we were living. And then my husband was commuting the opposite direction to Oxford. So if I needed to go to Oxford for many of the social function things that were required of me as a wife, um, it was a long day in the car (laughs) and I ended up moving to a fabulous yard, um, close to Burford, uh, that a woman named Julie Chu still owns and uh, Blythe Tate was based just up the road, like literally five minute hack up the road. And I stayed there till I moved back uh, to the States and it was a wonderful, wonderful place. Wonderful experience. I, I, I miss it all the time. Um, so there's just nothing quite like the Cotswolds of England. So mm. that sounds pretty nice. It does sound nice. The who's who she was saying. I know, I know. <laughs> How much is, is, is Captain Mark Phillips? Like, was he there much? Cause I know he's always traveling course designing and, and all the, everything else he does is, was he even there much or. No, he wasn't around too much. Uh, Lauren Hoff, his, uh, then girlfriend, um, she would fly in and out with quite a few horses. She did the global champions tour. Um, and so she would be there periodically. And, um, and it was, I was there right before Zara ended up taking over most of the yard and, and was rebuilding new stables and everything. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a kind of an in-between period before Zara moved in and then took the yard over, but fabulous facilities. And the gallop, the gallop there was amazing that, and we had an indoor, the first winter I was in England, we actually had an indoor which saved me because I, you know, I mean, I had been in Colorado, but we always, I was always had an indoor in Colorado. So the first winter I was lucky. The next three, not so much, but <laughs> you know. what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Right. Right. <laughs> so can you elaborate on Oxford a little bit now? Oxford's uh, obviously prestigious and everything. And, and I didn't realize that there would be like social functions. Like, can you explain like, what would, what did your husband study there? And how does like, the social side of things uh, fit in. What's, what's that about? Um, so my husband was in the executive MBA program um, for this at the side business school. And a lot of um, when they would have their sessions that were actually at Oxford every week, they would do 
um, formal college dinners. So they would host dinners at, so Oxford is the whole university, right? But then there's probably, I don't even know how many at this point, um, probably 10. Hold on a second. Hey, Jeff, how many colleges at Oxford? 40. Okay, sorry. I was way off. 40 something colleges. And then each college you, so not only do you have to apply to, to the business school, but you also have to apply then to be accepted into a college. And that college is kind of like they have dormitories and they have like a beautiful, like it just, it's like Harry Potter, right? It's like you're going to the Harry Potter set. Um, and so they would do these amazing social functions where we, we would get together with all of my husband's wonderful classmates from all over the world. Um, and then if their spouses were there visiting or, or whatnot, um, and then we would, you know, eat dinner um, at, you know, various different, ro- like a rotation of um, the dining halls. And, and so many of them were like, oh, well, this was in Harry Potter and, and this movie and this scene. And um, it, it was incredible. And the conversations you have with just such intelligent people from literally all, all over the world. Um, so it really it, is it Hogwarts. Quite the, quite the experience. <laughs> it is really Hogwarts. Yeah. It's visiting yeah. Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the best of both worlds, right? I mean, like, you know, I, I, I was got to do the, the barn during the day and ride and train and, and, you know, be around amazing horsemen. Um, and then, you know, in the evenings, uh, you know, like, like I say evenings, evening once a month, <laughs> we, we would have the dinners. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, it was, it was just an incredible, incredible time of during both of our lives. So, um, I have nothing but, for the most part, great memories of the whole experience. So, did, did you ever go back to nursing at all, or did you did you decide in England, hey, I'm just going to be a full time writer, or what? What? Um... Well, I mean, when we moved over there, that the the medical system is so different than here. Socialized medicine is so different. Um, I mean, nursing is nursing, yes, but I wasn't going to go to the best place in the world to learn and grow and train and compete and, and, and hopefully, you know, achieve some of my dreams and work as a nurse. <laughs> I just wasn't. <laughs> um, and, and honestly, I didn't have, I wouldn't have had time. I mean, when you move to a foreign country, like you, it's, it takes so much energy and so much time to even get settled in, right? You, you find a house to rent. And then you've got to find a car and then you've got to figure out how to drive on the wrong side of the road and not die and not kill somebody <laughs> or yourself. <laughs> and, and then, you know, you've got to go to the grocery store and then you got to figure out the postal system. And like everything is, is just different. And then you throw the horse aspect into it. And, you know, you ask for a wrench and they don't know what you're talking about. Like what, what a wrench? And like, Oh, you mean a spanner? Oh yeah. A spanner. Right. Or, you know, you, you, you ask for a saddle pad and they're like, what's the saddle pad? I mean, I'm not like, I mean, it's this whole language. Yes. We all speak English, but it's very different English. Um, and, and you get that going around different places, yeah. different States and parts of America too. But, um, yeah, it, 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 people don't realize that, you know, it takes several months to just like kind of figure out how to live and function and, you know, and by then you're like, day to day. I got riding to do. I I got got to learn how to ride. Listen, I get it. I'm cool with it. I I just, I was just curious. Like you you go to college and do all that at work. And then it's like, 
yeah, I'm going to just try it. Oh, yeah, no, I know. It's great to have an education. Did you know why it, you, it, when, when you went to college, did you know that writing was what you wanted your primary career to be as a professional? Or did you actually have aspirations or did you actually believe you were going to have to be a nurse and ride on the side? Um, I always wanted to ride professionally my whole life. I wanted to ride professionally. And every time I would think that it would happen, it, it wasn't meant to. And so I went to nursing school so that I could hopefully fuel my aspirations and the riding on the side and still have the time and, and the money to be able to compete and ride at the level that I wanted to. Um, so, you know, I, I went to nursing school basically so I could ride and compete, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah no. Um, yeah. And I love it. I love helping people. I, I love science. Um, it's just, it's very hard. Everything that I've done in my life, I've put everything into. And so like for me as a nurse, I wanted to work in cardiac ICU. I couldn't work in the cardiac ICU and be riding at even the prelim level and traveling as much as I needed to for training and lessons and competitions and feel like I was physically and mentally giving a hundred percent to my riding and to my career. So, and I, I really, really struggled with that. Like, I think had I just been content with riding as an amateur and, and being like, you know what? I love training level. It's great. Like it, it would have worked. It would have been fine for me, but my brain unfortunately doesn't work like that. And I've always had this dream of going up the levels and, and riding at the FEI level. And of course we all sit, we all want to ride at the five-star level, but um, you know, I'm really happy to ride at the three-star level and have an advanced tourist right now, um, you know, and hopefully do some four stars next year. So um, yeah, like, I think, I, think that's totally I, I don't cool. see, I don't see myself going back to it. Um but you know, it's nice to have the option to if I ever need to. Right. Yeah. Forget so. that. You're riding. You're. I mean, forget that. I'm, I just ask because I mean, I'm just. Cur- I just am curious as like you know why. I, I mean, I, I, maybe that sounds weird, but like it's like if I get it, I get it, and I totally understand what you're saying. I just and I'm, your answer makes total sense mm-hmm. to me. I just, but I gotta ask. You know, maybe maybe you didn't um, have aspirations. Hey, maybe it wasn't nursing school's not easy. Yeah. I no, my, yeah. No. Oh yeah. Off. For sure. <laughs> I worked my butt off for sure. And, uh, yeah. And we got a lot of people that, you know, a lot of people listen and, and stuff. And we, you know, we ask those questions about college and all that's why I like to kind of dig in a little bit. Cause you know, we have one son that went yeah. to college full time mm-hmm. and now he just rides part time. Like he, you know, he teaches and at low levels and he, and he leases a, a half lease a horse and his fiance rides. And then we have another son that did not go to college. He went to work full time, you know, in a barn, you know, working student situation. And so we have, we have both in our house and it's just always kind of interesting to talk to different people and get their different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So when you came back, I think college is very, very important. I, I I really do. And I'm really glad that I went, I'm, I, I wouldn't change any of that about my past. So um, I think that having the college experience, having the education in that, you know, aspect is extremely important because, you know, you can, things happen in horses and, you know, some, you get an accident or something and you, and you can't keep riding professionally, you know, or if the economy is really hard and you can't pay your bills, like, you know, it's good to have something to fall back on. And that's what my mom always said to me as a kid, like, I don't care what you do, but you need to have something you can fall back on if it doesn't work, you know, if what you wanted to do doesn't work out. So I hear that. I think that's important. 
Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. That's why we ask the questions, yep. Karen. I like to get different perspectives. <laughs> Absolutely. The, uh, so you get back from England and then you pretty much find a, find a place with a, like a farm right off the get-go and, and decide you're going to start your, your, your business or how's that going to go? Uh, no, no. Um, we actually looked for a year and a half, over a year and a half before we found our farm now. Um, I actually, I didn't know what I was going to do when I came back because I was struggling to find somewhere to base. And in the UK, it's a big thing that, you know, like everybody just multiple riders will base at a barn, right? And each, you know, they'll each have their own program and they'll share the space, which is is amazing because it's really always great, you know, great to have a lot of people around, especially knowledgeable people. Um, and uh, I know it's quite different in the States. Uh, and I struggled to find something in this area that would um, take take me on to base there. And I was actually very fortunate. I, I called um, Benito Strini at Pine Dealing Farm and they right away were like, absolutely. You know, next time you come to the States, we'd love to meet you. Um, and they, they opened their barn. They, they opened their home. Like, I mean, they were, they were absolutely incredible. And I mean, I was like a, like I'm, I moved here with three horses. My husband had already come early. So we had, you know, an apartment and had that set up. And, um, but it's, you know, it's weird. I was there just long enough to feel like it was home and had really kind of acclimated to to the culture and the lifestyle. And then moving back, it was like almost like culture shock again. Wow. Like, I think if you go for six months or a year or even two years, you know, it's, it's never home, but there was a, there was a point when we were there that we thought we might not come back to the States. And um, so coming back, I had a little bit of a culture shock. Plus I had never lived on the East coast. Um, and I I had, you know, three, three horses on my own and I'm like, okay, great. I'm here. Now what? <laughs> and, you know, and, and the, and the girls that are playing doing, you know, they, they were wonderful. Um, and, you know, I, and I can never, I, I can never thank them enough for their hospitality. And we're still very good friends today uh, because we all live in the area and spend a lot of time together. And um, I'm very thankful for that friendship and relationship that, um, I just randomly, you know, found because I, I, I was calling people and was like, Hey, I'm, I'm moving to Virginia in October. <laughs> I have three horses, <laughs> Yeah, you know, at least I didn't have like eight or 10. Right. right. But, um, you wow. know, it's, yeah. That's very cool. Very cool. So when you started your business, tell us a little bit about like <clears throat> starting your business and then what, what you've been doing at your business and like what type of services you offer. Um, so I, we, we bought the farm in 2019 and I, um, designed and built, uh, my barn. Um, I'm not an architect by any means. Uh, I just have been in a lot of really amazing places and I'm always like, Ooh, this is cool. Ooh, this is cool. And I just kind of kept it mentally like in this little space in my mind. And so after many drafts of building the barn, um, my general contractor was able to actually bring it to life. Wow. And uh, I had one of my clients today said to me, hey, if you were to rebuild this barn, what would you change? And then literally there's only one thing I would change after being in it for you know almost three years now. Um, and uh, so we built the barn. We had to put a ring in. We had, there was a goat barn and it's, it's a 40 acre farm. 
Um, so there was a goat barn and cattle fencing, literally Ooh. everywhere. <laughs> so all the cattle fencing had to come down. And then I had to lay out all the paddocks. And um, and then probably one of the best things I did was I had Wordley Martin come in and put my ring in. And so I have a 225 by 130 uh, Wordley Martin ring with the GGT surface and um, the irrigation system that goes with it, with it which is its own nightmare. Um, but the ring is absolutely incredible. Um, and it actually sits in, the farm kind of sits in a little valley um, but where the ring is, you look up and you're in the ring and, and it's just incredible. Cause you're literally in this valley and, and the trees and the views are just incredible. Um, so, so yeah, I have the ring and then I, I have a big six stall barn and all the, they're all loose spot, European loose boxes, uh, 14 by 14 stalls with, uh, Euro mattress floors, Nelson waters. I mean, we did, we did everything. Um, extremely high end, um, and and didn't spare any details for the horse's happiness and well being. You know, ventilation in the summer and cooling in the summer, um, and then you know in the winter when I if I am here and I do need to close the barn up, there's tons of light and it's very open and there's a lot of ventilation. Um, so I have that, and then I have another uh, three stall run and shed barn as well. Um, and I just kind of started out with offering training and sales. Um, I sell a couple horses a year, but everything that comes into the barn is looked after like my FEI horses. Um, I have a very um, good nutrition program. I work with high gain feeds. Um, Kathy Stereo, who is the manager for this region, always says an amazing comprehensive nutrition plan for all the horses that come into the barn. And I mean, I've had some horses come in that, didn't look so great. And it's amazing after two, you know, two months of high gain and they look absolutely incredible. And of course, good riding and good care. Um, and so, um, I teach as well. Lately I've been doing more training. I've had six in the main barn, um, all summer. Um, and, and then I, you know, I, I love producing young horses. I love buying and selling and producing young horses. So I try to do at least one or two a year. Um, and then lately now going into the winter, I've decided to open up two stalls for borders, um, for select borders that, you know, want to train at a, a world-class facility that is small and private and drama free. And, um, you know, the, the biggest focus is the horse's health and happiness. And, you know, when you don't have a bunch in the barn, you can take really good care of the ones that you do have. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I love being able to walk out every night and do night check and change blankets. And I walk out, you know, always have carrots with me or cookies. And usually like I'll go in the fields and the horses, they just trot up to me and they're like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love that. You know, I, I do this because I love the horses and, um, and it's really, it's really cool being able to give them all so much individualized attention and, and they really excel. You know, I, I, I've always believed that when the horses are happy, they do their job and they do it well. Yeah. So, well, your horses are beautiful. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, yeah. <laughs> we were at the five star. We got to see them uh, in person at the at the um, jogs, and it was like, wow, some impressive yeah. looking horses. Beautiful. So they're definitely happy. Yeah. <laughs> they don't look at that when they're not happy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then so if someone wants to come and like so it sounds like. Uh, 
there's two stalls. <clears throat> that sounds like a really cool opportunity. Like, uh, are they something where like a, another professional that just has one or two or like a, you know, an amateur, but they ride really, you know, they want the best care for their horses or is it the type of thing where someone can actually come and you can train them as well or, you know, tra- coach the riders or, or, or what is it just boarding or will you be, would you be available to like coach too if someone wanted to go that route? Oh, I'm absolutely available to coach. And, and I love, I, I, I do love coaching. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I'm kind of, any of those three scenarios are would work with my situation. I mean, I would love to have another, you know, maybe a young professional that's just starting out and they have one or two really good upper level, you know, upper level or up and coming horses. Um, and they want to be at a really nice facility that has everything they'd need, you know, or a serious amateur that is like, Hey, I want the best care for my horse. And I want the opportunity to clinic with, you know, James Burtwell when he comes in to teach dressage once a month or Bobby Costello when he comes up, you know, as often as I can get him to come and teach show jumping. Um, you know, we had Ian Woodhead here for three days, the end of September. Um, you know, it's probably, there's, you know, it's three days of full awesome dressage riding going on. Um, you know, so, so those are all, yeah, all of those, all three of those things. And, cool. and if somebody wants my help, I'm always happy to give it. But I'm also pretty laid back in the sense, too, that, like, I'll offer, but I am never going to be like, okay, you have to train with me. You have to work with me. Like, the priority is always that the horses get good, consistent care here. But when it comes to the training and 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 people's individualized programs, like, they're, they're free to work with who they want to work with. And I'm always here and I'm always available and always happy to help. Um, but, yeah. I love it. I, I, I guess nice. I got that kind of from when I was based in the UK because that's that's how a lot of the yards were. Yeah. Um, so you're not afraid. So if someone says, "Oh, I'd like to go," but you know, I I got my own coaching. You're you're cool. Hey, bring your own coach in if you want. Yeah. yeah as long as they're insured. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> some stipulations, but yeah, <laughs> that's cool. And uh, in the winters, do you stay at home or do you go somewhere warmer? Well, that's the question of the day. Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I've done two since I've been back. I've done two winters in Ocala. Um, actually, no, sorry. I've done three winters in Ocala. Um, and then last winter, I went to Southern Pines, um, which was very cold. But I was right. I rented a barn right next to Wolf Audrey's amazing facility. And it, it was incredible. And I, I really loved it. I love Southern Pines. I love working with Bobby Costello. I, I love having, having Will up the road. Will is absolutely fantastic. He, he helped me with a couple of my horses as well. Um, you know, James would come there and we have that amazing indoor that's just like all mirrors. And most days it was so warm in the indoor that I just kind of wanted to pop a tent and stay in the indoor and not leave. Um, but, it, you know, I, I really loved it. And I was close enough to home that I actually had two broodmares last winter here. Um, and so I was able to drive back and forth, check in with my husband. Uh, that probably the hardest thing about going south for the winter is that my husband has a job and, and or he has a business here. He has employees. He can't just up and leave because I up and leave. And so, uh, you know, the, the balance is always trying to make that balance work. Like, how do I keep my marriage happy and how do I keep my competition goals and my career goals going and not freeze to death in the winter? Yeah. So, so how far of a drive is that? Maybe I'm guessing five hours. 
Southern Pines. Yeah, four and a half, five. There we go. Yeah, so. there you go. Good that. guess. Good guess. Yeah. Good Look guess. Pat on my back. Yeah. I mean, Ocala's 12. So, you know, I can do the Ocala drive in a day, too. Yeah. Um, so it's really it's really not that bad. My gosh, when I lived in Colorado, we'd drive for four days to get to Ocala. Oof. So, oh. yeah, don't miss that. <laughs> get that. So it sounds like Southern Pines is the happy medium for this winter? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I, you know, last year was the first year I'd done pine top, any of the pine tops. And so that was an experience, literally pine top one. I got there and I drove, I I swear, I picked the boggiest spot I could find and decided to turn around in it. Well, (laughs) my trailer got stuck. Um, And I forget the, the, the owner's name, but he came right up to me and he's like, have you been here before? I feel like if you've been here, you would know not to do that. And I'm like, no, this is my first time. <laughs> oh, I was so embarrassed. But yeah, that's why they got tractors. Yeah, well, there we go. I it's not the first time I've been pulled out with a tractor. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I think we've all been pulled out at least yeah, once. You know, at least once. On. You gotta, you know, it's it's a rite of passage. It's a rite of passage. Yeah. Uh, in England, uh, we'd gotten the lorry really stuck one year at Belton House, and uh, we actually had to have two tractors pull us out. Mm. It was so stuck. That is really so. stuck. <laughs> <laughs> but but I wasn't driving it because I I was couldn't legally drive my lorry. So I had an amazing groom that I put through lorry driving school, and so she was driving. So it was not my fault. Oh, there you go. There but, you go. Hey. <laughs> we gonna, it's always a good day when you can point the finger at someone else's right. <laughs> hey, that time I could pine top 100% me and now I'm the only one that drives the truck and trailer so anything that happens like that is always my fault uh, that's, oh. funny. <laughs> that's funny so can you tell us about um, you have definitely one three star horse the JTH Zess and then your two star <laughs> Cisco Scaler Z can you tell us about yeah. them so Cisco's Kawazi came to me last summer. Um, I started looking. I had, I knew my old advanced horse, Kyrdell Kachia. He didn't want to keep going at the advanced level, or at least at the time he didn't want to. And I was wanted to do what seemed like what's the best thing for him. Um, and I thought he'd make an amazing young rider horse. And so I sold him. And um, after I made the decision to not, continue pushing him to do something that he was telling me he didn't want to do. Um, I called Kate Walls, who I have worked with for many years, um, and said, hey, I'm looking for a really fabulous young horse. Like, here's the age range. You know what I like. And I actually started looking at at horses in February. Um, In July, I finally flew over, um, and I (laughs) went to try him. And uh, I loved him, but he just ran away with me the whole time. And I was like, wow, this is an incredible, incredible athlete. I really hope that I can ride this. <laughs> but he was so cute and he had so much just zest for life. He wasn't doing it to be naughty. He just like he would land and he'd just go and he'd just have fun. Everything's just a game and fun to him. Um, and I, and I love, I love that about him. Um, and so last fall, I just kind of got to know him, um, spent a lot of time getting run away with, but in a, in a, in, in a nice way, like I could never really be mad at him because like, I mean, he'd land and he'd squeal and like, he, he just, he just has so much and he just enjoys everything. Um, and he's so cute. It's hard to be, it's hard to be mad at him. 
Um, but I, I just really enjoyed getting to build a partnership with him. Um, he had he had done a couple of prelims. Uh, he had done some training levels the season before as a five-year-old. He did a couple of prelims with Willa Newton last summer. Um, he's super, super quality uh, little horse. He's not. He's like 16 hands on a good day. Um, and my gosh, can he gallop? And my gosh, can he jump? And the biggest thing has been getting the right ability um, and really getting the throughness in the dressage and teaching him. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a jumping bread horse. So sitting and pushing on the flat is, doesn't come supernaturally for him. I mean, you have to kind of explain to him that this is what, this is what I'm asking for. And then he, and then he's like, Oh, oh okay. I get that. Oh, that's not that hard. Um, but he, yeah, he's he's so fun, and he's he's just a comedian around the barn. I mean, he's such a character, and he's always like, if if horses could smile, he just he just have a shit eating grin on his face <laughs> all the time. Because <laughs> he just, he just, I've never had another horse like him that just loves life, no matter what, just loves life, and and it's so fun to ride and train and 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 work with an animal that is just like that, you know, like sometimes you meet like really positive people and, and no matter, they're just always happy. And I've always wanted to be that person, but, um, I, I'm not, I, I mean, I would love to be, but I'm not. Um, and he, but he's that horse that's just like, what do you want to do today? Oh, cool. I'm happy to do that today. That's I'm happy cool. to do that every day. That's awesome. <laughs> it's just cool. Yeah. I love it. So, that's fantastic. That sounds very nice. Yeah. You're having a rough day it, to say, I'm going to go out. I want to get cheered up by this guy. Yeah. You know, it, it really, I mean, and I have two other mares and of my, that I own two other FBI mares and um, you know, it's not like that every day <laughs> <laughs> and I love them, but uh, they're, they're, they're definitely mares. <laughs> wow. So, um, cool. you know, it's, it's a little bit, a little bit different working with them and producing them than it has been with him. I mean, there's still a lot of bucking and squealing and bolting after fences. Um, it happened a lot this spring and summer. And Bobby Costello has really helped me get that under control for the most part. Um, it's still a little bit of work in progress at times, but hey, it's okay. I'd rather that any day than land and have to kick, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. obviously <laughs> it's working. Whatever you do is working. Heck yeah. The big win last yeah. week. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he was super. It was such a great week. That's awesome. Um, I love it. I love it. Do you have really, a preferred really breed of horse? Exciting one. Do you have a preferred what, breed? Of, do you have a preferred breed of horse? Um, not a preferred breed. Uh, I have a preferred type, and uh, you know, I I really I like the European bred horses. So, you know, I, I'm not a huge Irish person. I've had a couple Irish horses. Um, I, I tend to do well with the, with the foreign horses. So, you know, um, I've got a British mare, I've got a, a German Hanoverian mare, and then I've got this Angershide. So, um, and then I just, I have a Philly that's by the JTH Zest British bred mare and uh Contendra one. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. that one's going to be special, difficult, yeah. but special. <laughs> 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 sounds nice. Sounds like a whole nice string, and you know what you like. We're sitting here laughing because we could hear the squeaking in the background. So 
<laughs> so funny story on the squeakers my my lovely mother i flew in for the three star national championships and the two star national championships so she was here for like i don't know three weeks and um she was really looking forward to doing the corgi races with fred and daphne she's like well how do we get them to run and i'm like well either a leaf blower a squeaker or the Kubota buggy and you know like squeaker was the most um, feasible of the three to bring yeah. to Maryland. So, so she bought a package of like six of these just squeaker toy things. I've never seen them before. And of course she gave them to the corgis all at the same time. Oh God. So they're all over the house. There's a few in the, there's like one in the yard. There's like two in the tack room and, and it's fine for a while. But then at the end of the night, we're like, okay, we have to round up the squeakers because they just don't stop. Yeah, no, that's funny. He loves it. He, he he definitely squeaks on purpose. Like yeah, he he does it on purpose. He does it on purpose. He enjoys. I like when he goes down. Like in the morning. Like every night, he takes a a toy to bed, and if it's a toy that squeaks in the morning, as he's going down the steps, each step he squeaks. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's got a lot of personality. He's a character. Uh, yeah, he he. I mean, I he, abso- he absolutely picks up. Oh, there's one. There it is. He picks there out his toys. One. He picks out his toys. He goes to Tractor Supply with Karen, and he picks out it's a toy that he wants there. I mean, he definitely picks favorite toys. Oh. It changes depending on whatever the favorite toy is that gets the call up. Whenever he goes outside, he has to find a toy to take out. Uh. We have a basket, like a little wooden crate with all those toys in it. And if it's not on its side where he can just get in and pull them all out, if it's ups, upright yeah. where it's like a basket, he mopes. He will not just go in the basket and <laughs> pull them out. He'll he'll stare at, or he'll lay there and <clears throat> passive aggressively just like every once in a while like whine at the box like, hey, take, take my toys out, you know, or flip over my box. So. I don't know if yours do that, but he's definitely, uh, he definitely lets you know his, his feelings. So we're sorry that you, uh, weren't able to do the Corgi races. Um, you were entered and then oh, I guess you just went home yeah. a little bit early from the five star. So sorry about that. Yeah. It it's, you know, it's, it happens. Um, it, you know, the, the mare was physically very, very ready, mentally ready. Um, she had somehow bitten a corner of her mouth and had this big ulcer that, we did everything we could to get it healed in time. And when I finally put a bit in her mouth on dressage morning, so I'd been riding her in a hackamore, uh, I, she just wasn't comfortable. Uh-uh. And, you know, she tried her best in that big stadium uh, to to keep it under wraps, her unhappiness. But um, it it just wasn't it, it wasn't worth asking her to go out and run a nine and a half minute long course mm-hmm. and, and me have to take a hold of the bit. And I didn't want to cause her any more distress or pain. And, and, you know, I, I, I love that mayor. She's had some, she's, I mean, I've achieved goals with her that I didn't think I'd ever achieve. I've, I've won two really big three stars on her. Um, she moved to advance this spring. She's, she's got her whole career ahead of her. And so I, you know, it's fine. We, yeah. it just wasn't meant to be. And for me, her health and happiness was paramount. And so she has been very happy uh, healing the mouth is healing very slowly um, as they do, and she'll, she'll be out in the early spring and and yeah and ready to go. So you know I've ran two three star longs on her in the past, um, and so you know it it's okay, it, it's okay. 
That's good. Cool. Oh, good horsemanship. But I was very sad to miss the corgi race. Yeah, I think, I, that's the moral of the story is the yeah, corgi yeah. race is the most disappointing part of missing the. the yes. <laughs> and, you know, like the corgis were there and, and, and being in the stabling, the FBI stabling, it wasn't the most dog friendly place. And, uh, you know, and they had to be on leashes mm. the whole time. And that they just were very offended by Aww. leashes. Like from Tuesday, well, Tuesday through Saturday, they were on leashes. And mm. I mean, they're pretty good, but you know, they're still feral farm corgis at the end of the day. Yeah. So yeah. Um, they, they were quite disappointed, but um, you guys had a great turnout. I yeah. mean, how many, how many corgis ended up racing? Uh, it was over 40. Yeah. We, oh had, we had 50 totally signed up and then we had a couple scratches like you and, and a couple other, you know, people that didn't come. And then we even had a couple people that kind of, showed up that morning and they were like we weren't taking day of entries but because we had like people like yourself who we knew weren't coming i was like all right well you know why feel why not fill the spot yeah. you know so we had people told us they can just about hear in the morning the corgi races in the morning were very loud um the people said they can they can almost hear it all the way back at stabling the crowd cheering oh my oh my gosh yeah. Wow. Well, the, the, the prizes you guys gave were incredible. I mean, I have to say the monogrammed Corgi blanket, like that <sighs> just, that just did it for me. I'm like, oh my gosh. I know. Now yeah. I have to go back next year and now I have to actually train my Corgis to really run yeah. because I, I, I want one of those monogram corgi coolers that had the maryland five star on them yeah that was made by the people who make the five and three star champion cooler so that was um yeah that was yeah that was a surprise for us yeah that this you know the woman made it yeah i'm still waiting for her contact information yeah the folks at the the, we're not even sure exactly who the company is they made yeah i have no idea but the five star the folks at the five star they said hey maybe we can or i don't know if you asked or what no yeah they took it they handled um, it and next thing you know here's this beautiful cooler that looks like, identical to the ones the horses yeah, got. Yeah, I was not expecting that. It even had like, like the five-star logo on like the center Velcro thing. I mean, it was an exact it, replica, just a scaled-down Corgi version. So that oh Zoe who won, you have your work cut out for you. She's a very, she's, she's a light Corgi. She does dog agility. Um, so she's like in training year-round. So Wow. Yeah, wow. She's legit. Well, she's Daphne, legit. Daphne's got some work to do then. Yes. And then we had oh. one Corgi, Ziggy, who travels around, like does yeah. the Santa Anita racetrack, yeah. like he's does the corgi like, racing there? He's in football stadiums. Yeah, football stadiums, like yeah. all over. Like, wow. <laughs> we had some yeah. serious. That's pretty serious. Ziggy's legit. Ziggy's and, legit. And, and what, get, what what was it that you guys decided, like what made you guys decide to do the, the, the Maryland corgi race? Um, We saw it on ESPN. And they have it on ESPN. Yeah, yes. it was on ESPN. Oh my God. I mean, we've seen it before on YouTube yeah. and stuff, but like it was on ESPN and it was like, man, we need that at the five star on the track. And it was like, we were thinking there's no way they're going to let us run the Corgi race on that track. Cause between just horses and, haven't even, yeah, between us, yeah, the horses haven't even run on that. Yeah. Yet. So we had to get like permission from, I think the steeplechase folks, which was very, very generous of them to let us, um, cause you're not even allowed to walk on it really. And we ran all the corgis and we did a parade and, and um, next year they want to do it. Bigger, yeah. They, so. yeah, they want, they want to do it again and they want a hundred wow. corgis next year. They want 100 so. so what we did was we ran a hundred. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what Jeff, just what Jeff Newman said. He said, I want to have a hundred. Uh, 
so what we did was we did a little parade of corgis and then we ran five heats of uh, up, up to 10 corgis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, um, and then at the very end, anyone that won the race again, we did one just free for all race. So we let anyone who won the race out of that whole 40 plus, almost 50 <laughs> Which corgis. Which was pretty much all of them. Pretty much all of them. Except for like Zoe didn't want to like pull a hammy or I something. Know, right? So they wouldn't let Zoe run. <laughs> so that's when it really got crazy. Because by then people in the stands got to see five races and, and then, and then when you, you know, so they really got really into the spirit of it. And about the time we had them all on the line, it was really impressive to see all these corgis and, and, um, it was it was really fun, and of course the corgis are all over the place. Know, so, some are great after some are, <laughs> some stop right before and turn around and run back. You know it's mayhem. So uh, we had the announcer there. Uh, you know the announcer was announcing the the show jumping. He came out and announced, and we had um, we had people videoing the finish because we actually did have some contested finishes mm-hmm. and people come up saying, "Oh, I think my corgi won." And oh, so oh yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah, uh, and you know, like looking at their their video it's like oh yeah you might be right and then we look at ours nope well, ours was across the line you know and so and we had them crossing the finish oh. pole on the track yeah so it was um it was really really it was cool and, it was, but it we wanted it to be fair we wanted everyone to get stuff so we had um you know uh, mars donated stuff main and tail our our wonderful sponsors not only were they um great supporters and gave us a lot of stuff to give away but um <laughs> devin Katsev, who's the owner of Main and Tail, he's the he he grew up. It's his family's business. He was a he, he was the line judge. He was the line judge. He was one of the you know people at the oh, finish that's line. Awesome. And he was giving Karen. He was like, Karen, this is what we should do for next yeah, year. This is what we're going to do next year. Yeah, it's oh, like, all right, well, I guess he's in Main it for Tales, next year. <laughs> he was with us the whole morning of uh, signing in the corgis. Uh, I mean, Devin's just amazing. So here he is. He runs this humongous business, and he's hanging out with us with the corgi race. Um, so that, that, that was cool to have the support. Like they actually, our final race, they gave away the, the three star awards happened. And then we were running the final Corgi race and Devin and Ashton, they're married and the, the, the Devin's the owner and, and uh, along with Ashton and she's at the head of marketing. They're the amazing, amazing people. And next thing you know, they come running there. They, they like went under the fence out of the main arena into the, into, um, the track where we were and they're like, Hey, we're here. We're here. You know, like they did not want to miss it. They did not want to be late to where even like walk out the long way there. They were so into it and so supportive. And, and, uh, you know, they got their pictures with the champion corgis, mm-hmm. just like the horses, you know? And, and, um, so they were into oh, wow. fair whole salary donated stuff. Yeah. They donated bags and they donated the, they, these awesome dog collars, mm-hmm. springtime supplements who does, um, Dog, horse, and human supplements. They donated yeah, stuff. Yeah, they donated a lot of stuff. Yeah, amazing. Then, like full-size bottles of supplements. Like not just trials, like full-size oh, bottles. Oh, like big Incredible. bottles, yeah. And then Fairfax and Favor. Oh, that's so kind. Yeah, yeah. Fairfax and Favor wow. for the winner. They got a belt. And a dog collar. And a dog collar. And like their stuff, there's no cheap Fairfax and Favor. I mean, it is all yeah. high, high-end quality stuff. And um, Mars, of course, was wonderful and each dog stuff. got a big bag of greenies yeah. and, and and a then, leash and, and, and other stuff. I mean, yeah. there, it was it just, was, it, we had an amazing support. I mean, and, and, and uh, yeah. So, and then, um, the, the other dog treat uh, was springtime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think next year it's going to be even bigger and better. So hopefully you can make it. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be, it'll be on my calendar for sure. Again, I probably won't be attempting to do two national championships back to back weeks again next year. Cause it was a little crazy to do that this year, but um, Maryland will definitely be the, the Corgi race for sure. will be on my calendar. Yeah. So. so we'll see, we'll see how it shapes up next year. I know, I know um, 
Yeah. They want it bigger and hopefully- I could bring three. I mean, you know, and then yes. my good friend, Elise Stope, she has um, a corgi as well. And that is Clue the Crime Fighting Corgi. It has her own Instagram page. Oh, okay, and okay. she actually, um, yeah, she is a, a very prolific therapy dog at UVA um, and helps a lot of um, sex trafficking victims oh, and, and, and child abuse victims. And she's, uh, she's the main therapy dog there. So, um, so we'll see if we can bring four uh, next year to That's help with your about. to get to your 100 goal. Yeah, um, heck yeah. I say we try to get 110, and then if 10 don't show up, then we're good. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> 110. That's a lot of corgis. That's a really a lot of corgis. I tell you what. Again, when you get some corgis around, it does seem like it's double. It felt like 100 corgis. <laughs> you know, as people were walking in, we, we were right at the Mars thing, which is by the entrance where everyone came in. So it worked. I mean, it was it worked out fantastic. And it was so fun to see these corgis come in, and then they're all just after we checked in, everyone's milling around mm-hmm. a little bit, and it was just. For anyone who had no idea the corgi races were going on, they had to be like, what is going on here? Like, it was out of control. Oh, my God. It was. And then Mars has like a little dog area where the dogs can run around and play. And it was like fenced. So uh, they were in there. a lot of people went and just let them run around in there and, and just goof off. And I mean, it was it was a sight to behold. It was a sight to behold. It so. was fun. So hopefully next year we fill the stands. Oh, I mean, it was loud, but we can get more people yeah. in there for sure. Yeah. So um, Make it loud. And then you said your yeah. mom breeds corgis? So yes, my, well, my mom she raises like one litter a year of family bred corgis, um, and actually they're all working cattle dog lines, um, and so they're super athletic and um, and conformationally they're they're not you get, you get the corgis that are kind of wonky, get the you know the legs that kind of go every direction and the feet that kind of go every direction and get super long and um most of these are are pretty compact and and straight legged and and i mean they're great farm dogs um they go all day and uh, they're they're not yeah they they just they, they look a little different than some of the the big show corgis um but she yeah she's raised corgis for Oh my gosh. I mean, as many years as I've had them because I always end up with a puppy. Um, not every time, not every litter, of course, but the last two litters I have. Um, awesome. And then she just retired her main breeding female and is not waiting for the next one to become old enough. But yes, um, that's cool. She, she loves it. And she's the reason why I, why I have them, even though I've always wanted one and, and when I was a kid and love them, um, but then when she started, she decided to start breeding them, she got a female. And then for my birthday that year, she got me the male. She got you the so male. She didn't have to keep the male. I could keep the male and deal with all the fun things that come along with having an intact breeding male. Um, and then, you know, because I was out West at the time, then we could just kind of like you know, dog swap, Have quirky swap, conjugal visits. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it, it worked, it worked for, that worked for a while. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's kind of a, fam- it's a family thing. She has two right now and, and I have three and I have told her that the next litter, she is not allowed to send me puppy pictures because that's always what does it. She always sends me the puppy pictures and it's not even me. It's my husband. My husband <laughs> sees the puppy pictures and then that's it. That's it. We'd sure. have like twenty if I didn't put my foot oh down. Oh my god! Me, uh, I I put my foot down every time. I'm I'm very strict with the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Stanley has taken herding lessons, so he's herded ducks and sheep before. Oh, wow! But he, but uh, uh, we it was during COVID, and we like our schedule just kind of got really tight after COVID. And you know what happened was he got neutered, so he had some downtime, and then um, we just have and been, then your work schedule, my work schedule, and it's just I just don't have the time like I can. But um, you know he's 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 got the instinct in him. He's mm-hmm. I mean he's still had a lot to learn, but it was really fun to to, to take him and learn. I would love to go back, but. He was fun. He he enjoyed it. He he did have it in him, and I got some great video of him chasing sheep, and and uh, <laughs> and he loved it. It's incredible. It really is cool the 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 instinct that they have to herd. So, but you know, being a being a, a pet, being a house dog, uh, he likes to, you know, he definitely likes to boss around the other dog, but he's not allowed to like nip. And uh, for a real herding dog, they have to be allowed if if something won't move, they have to like, go after their heels a little bit. Yeah. And um, he's not a nipper, thankfully. And he's really not a big barker either. And they almost encourage him to bark. So he's got the instinct to want to round him up and run around with him. He just, um, and thankfully he's, but he's our pet. So we didn't want him to become, yeah. you know, a, a competition herder and all, but it was fun to take him the lessons and, and see him do this stuff. So now he's sacked out. He had a bone well, and now he's, sacked out, so. <laughs> he's quite the eventing corgi though, too. I oh, mean, oh, yeah. his, his video, like, you're pretty legit, you know? Yes, yeah. He was a little short I on the ditch. <laughs> he was a little short on the ditch. But, uh, a little short, but you know, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. he's, uh, yeah, he's a good mover. Yeah. He's a good yeah. mover. He's yeah. got good knees. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a great, he's that was got a good, good, he's got good gates. He looked like he was clearing the jumps pretty well. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's oh, a yeah. natural athlete. For sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. So, Christina, we are going to play quick fire questions. Quick fire questions and quick fire questions is brought to you by red and goat equestrian get your all-weather outerwear by going to red and goat bam so it's five questions you don't have to be quick so don't worry about that part but we do have very strict grading at the end yep all right oh, oh, oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah all right so first question favorite rider growing up Mm. Probably Pippa Funnel. Good answer. Yeah, very good answer. Strong start. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Favorite event to compete at? Red Hills or Strauss. Mm. Another good answer. Another kind of good. obscure yeah, answer. Yeah. We don't get that too often. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, do you have any hobbies outside of horses? Yes. I dive. I love scuba diving. Um, I like to hike. If I had a dirt bike, I love dirt biking, but I don't have a dirt bike anymore. Um, and, and probably traveling. I love to travel wow. and cooking cuisine. I like to eat. Does that count as a hobby? I can't give up my hobby. <laughs> If it's a hobby, you can't. It's like, it's not fair to give up my hobby. All right. Uh, Something about yourself that most people don't know. Mm, I'm very deaf. Actually, a lot of people know that that know me, but um, people that don't know me, I am 50% deaf in both ears. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So the TV's up loud in the house. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
I married a Texan too, who's extremely loud. Oh, so, so it all works. That's why we get along because I can actually hear him and understand what he's saying. So, you know, Look, that's fantastic. We all find our our niche, yeah. <laughs> our person. Yeah. We all find our person. All right. So, last question: If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Oh, that's a really hard one. Probably Piggy French's Venera Camir, or Tilly Ooh. Horse. Mm. That's a dope. Love that little. That's a good answer. Yeah, that is a very good answer. Well, A plus plus. I say. What do you think? Oh yeah. All right. Definitely. Hey. <laughs> oh yeah. That's the horn for for diving. Where is the best place you've ever dived? The Maldives. Oh. Mm. Sounds awesome. I love the Maldives. We we did night and I and I'm actually I'm like scared of the dark, but in on land I'm not scared of the dark. I just don't like the dark. Um, and we went night diving in the Maldives, and that was absolutely incredible. Maybe it was it was super incredible because there were so many fluorescent things that come out at night, oh, wow. and the water was so clear. Um, and maybe it was just because I was like shaking in my dives booties the whole time because I was underwater and it was dark. But yeah, it was, it was incredible. That's do, awesome. do you dive? No. No. no I'd like no. to. No. I did get bit on the nipple by a fish in the Bahamas last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it was just a fish and not a shark. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> It hurt like a shark. Let me tell you. I was like, I was, I was like, ah, I was like, Forrest Gump was like, something bit me. Ah. I had a little bit of, I bled wow. a little bit. It's just my nipple was food. It's my tasty morsel of a nipple. Oh, man. I'm just sitting there minding my business. I was sitting there minding my business. And then I got, and there were sharks in the water. We saw sharks in the water, but um, fortunately, well, where, where were you? We were at uh, um, Royal Caribbean's uh, um, private island called Coco, Coco Key. Key. Coco Key, Coco Key. And they have a swim up bar. Oh. Like it's like a bar. It's like a tiki hut on uh, pontoons. And you swim out to it. And then, um, you know, we swam out to it. And then a shark came by. And that really messed Karen up. Yeah. For getting back to shore. <laughs> it took me a while to get back <laughs> to shore. <laughs> but, uh, and then I was just sitting in the shallow end. And this, I just felt it. And I, Looked down and a fish swam away. Like it was, I don't know, like a, like a, I mean, like a little guppy. I don't know what it was, but it, but it, but it bit me. It thought I was free. So. It bit you right on the nipple. And it, it, got you. And it's salt water, so it stings. You know, like so you're gonna cut and then put salt on it, stings. So that was it. I went back to the show. I took my ball and I went home. So fun fact of the day about me. Um, maybe I should delete that. I should probably take no, that. No, you're keeping that in. Oh, that's, that's you're keeping out. that in. Oh, yeah, like, yeah I said, think you need to keep that in. That, that's, that's definitely worth it. Did that's he just get bit with it? Did he just get hit with a nipple? With a nipple? <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving, uh, on, moving on. on. So, Christina, do you have any advice for that young rider trying to make it in a sport? Um. Yeah, just keep going. You know, you're going to have good days. You're going to have great days and you're going to have equally horrible days and it's all going to balance and you just got to keep going. Got to keep swimming. There we go. There you, go. you know, and there's a reason at the end of the day that you do this and it's because you love it and you have to remember that. Oh, I, 
we've all been there and everybody goes through the same struggles and the same ups and downs and questioning themselves and questioning what they're doing. But, you know, just know you're not alone and yeah, keep going okay. oh, and enjoy the really good times because that's what makes it all worth it. That's a yeah. great answer. Yeah. Excellent answer. Very good. I love it. I love it. So, Hey, so we'll start winding things down. Um, we always like to just answer, uh, ask if, uh, there's any like sponsors, supporters you'd like to shout out or anything like that. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> well, the question brands, uh, is a wonderful sponsor of mine and I have ridden in Amerigo saddles for probably 15 years now. Um, and I, I just love Robin and I love working with the company and high gain feeds, um, has been fueling my horses this year. It's a new partnership that I just started working with about a year ago, and I couldn't be happier with them. And the horses look and, and, and feel amazing on high gain. Um, and, and then I owe the biggest thank you to my husband and, and Thorpe Babbitt's Capital, um, who have supported this crazy dream of mine for many, many, many years. <laughs> and keeps supporting me and pushing me to, you know, keep pushing myself to be better and, and, um, and keep chasing those dreams, right? Because that's what keeps us going. Awesome. What's the business called? Uh, he runs Thorpe Abbott, Thorpe Abbott's Capital. Thorpe Abbott's Capital. Okay, investment yeah. firm. Which was uh, it was named after his um, grandfather, who flew bombers in um, World War II, and was based at Thorpe Abbott's in England. Oh wow! So when he yeah. established the fund, when we were based in England, um, he named it Thorpe Abbott's Capital. So it, it, it all just brought the family uh, history together and, and it's very, very special. Very cool. So, I love it. Yeah, that's very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that. There you go, Thorpe Abbott. Check them out. Mm-hmm. And last question, hey, you can follow <laughs> along. If people want to get lessons with you or you know, they want to maybe inquire about your, your open stalls, what, what, uh, how do people get a hold? Um, I have a Facebook page. And I'm pretty active on that. I have an Instagram account as well. Um, I have a website that's been in the works for two years. Um, and my goal this fall, since uh, both of my good horses are on holiday uh, right now, is to actually get the website finished. So what's, what's the address for the website? Waiting. Yeah, yeah. What's that address, address so, going to be? Oh, um, that was going to be chaventing.com. Okay. And then how about the Facebook and Instagram? That is uh, Christina Henriksen Eventing uh, on Facebook. And then I, I think the Instagram is also Christina Henriksen Eventing. Um, and the Henriksen is with a K and no C. Okay. So people are looking for it and, and you put this, the CK in there, it might not come up, but gotcha. that's, it gets misspelled a lot. So. Well, we'll link, we'll link. Yeah, up we'll Facebook link it all up. That's very cool. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. There's no, I mean, listen, don't rush that website. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Well, it's only been two years. Right. So, right. you know, I mean, I'm taking my sweet old time here. <laughs> I'm sweet, sweet time. So, I'm sure, I'm sure, hey. I mean, I have a, I have a fabulous company out of London called Genium Creative that um, built my husband's website. And so they, and I used to give my husband such a hard time about, is your website done yet? Is your website done yet? Why is your website not done yet? Well, then I got mine started. And now, I mean, it's like, he's constantly asking me, 
you do your website yet? Did you talk to the team yet? I'm like, oh yeah, I talked to the team last week. They're just waiting for me to send them content. Oh. I just need to sit down and do it. So that's the off season. That is what I'm, it's going to be done by 2022, January 20, sorry, 2023. <laughs> it's going to be done. You heard it here. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. By January 2022. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. So I, yeah. So now, now, now I now I have to follow through and 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 finish it. Yeah, so. it's out. Yeah, it's out in the world. So everyone's gonna be looking for this. So you can't let that your public. No, gotta get it done. Um, Plus, we gotta get. Like, well, we gotta get like good, good pictures. Maybe to get like a good three sixty of like the valley and the beautiful sunsets and all. I mean, I bet the, I bet the leaves are beautiful right now. You should get pictures of that. Oh, uh, I so on Facebook I have a picture of my husband and I and the three corgis with the valley in the background mm. and all of the leaves. And it's, it's such a cool picture. Um, cool. And we only had to take about 40 pictures to get all three corgis looking at the camera with their ears forward. Oh, my husband's actually bringing it. One of my friends for one of my amazing <laughs> friends for Christmas blew it up for me. And Ooh. this Aww. is, they're beautiful. There's oh. the whole family. Oh, there's people oh. in and that picture. The valley, <laughs> and valley in the background. That's gorgeous. Oh. Very cool. Uh, yeah. All, all three little monsters. That's, all. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, tell mom to send pictures over here for Karen. Yeah. 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 Your mom could send pictures over here of puppies. Oh, okay. I'll tell her to do that. Because <laughs> she, she loves to send puppy pictures. So as long as they're not getting sent to me, because then I have to, you know, tell my poor husband, no, I will throttle Karen back. I will make sure I tell Karen. No. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I am a very good regulator when it comes to this stuff. No. no, (laughs) Someday I would like another one. Well, yeah, I think family needs a friend. I mean, you can't just have one Corgi. Yes. Well, we have an older dog at home, so we have to, he's really, really getting slow. Um, So we don't want to three years ago when we brought Stanley home, it overwhelmed him and he's now three years older and three oh. years slower. And I can imagine how he would deal with it now. So he did not, he, that dog did not even acknowledge Stanley's existence for, for like a year. <laughs> yeah. Long time, <laughs> long time. Of course, Stanley wanted to like play and that dog just had no interest. So, um, I wouldn't, I could not do that to, to Sparky now. He's no. just too slow. And to have two corgis cause Stanley thinks it's his job to, and it kind of has become his job to like tell Sparky when to get up and it's time to go outside. He can't hear good. He sleeps really heavy. And so Stanley like gets him up, takes him outside, makes sure he comes back in and on the way down the stairs, he's barking at him. Uh, You know, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. So, um, he's staring at you. I'm talking about. (laughs) So to to have a second Corgi that thinks it's their job to, be in charge. Like, we, we say Stanley is like Dwight Schrute in the office. Like he's the assistant to the, you know, manager, like assistant to us. And he, and he's very demanding as you know, how corgis can be. So. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, assistant every day, whether I want assistance or not, right. I always have it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. now so. if they could actually grow arms and actually be, you know, a, like a little more helpful. That would be wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> they think they're helpful. So, and he's very, yeah. you know, he's very set in his ways of who he sits with, on what chair, when. You know, he. It's very, very. Um. It's it's almost too much sometimes. 
<laughs> like sometimes I can't do any work. It's like I come home, I come home, I sit down in the morning, and he's like, "All right, it's time to sit on my lap." And like if I decide I'm going to work on my laptop, like it's it's a problem. Yeah, you and can't do that until do that. until you have snuggle time. Until I have snuggle time. Until he's done with snuggle time. Oh. <laughs> and what about feeding time? Is that like a big deal to Stanley, no. or is does he not care? No, he's good. I mean, he gets hungry, but he sits like we feed the dogs in two separate rooms. And while the old dog, he's like sniffing, he's like, he gets excited. Stanley just sits waits where he, patiently. he sits patiently and waits for the bowl to, for him to be served his meal. You know, he does not, uh, oh, wow. he's like, Very regal about- yeah, yes. he knows it's coming. So he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> get, I think that if he thought it, you know, we don't ever hold it back. You know, once we make it, we put it down. So I think that he's fine with yeah. like, and he's a slow eater. Are your dogs slow eaters or are they fast? Oh gosh. Well, I have Velma's very slow. And so she eats in the, we have like a mud room that she eats in. And then Fred and Daphne, they just scarf it down. But like come five o'clock, like if you have not fed Fred, he just circles your legs and then he'll boop the back of your leg. And then like, yeah. And like, I, I'm hardly ever in the house by five o'clock, like never. Never. I'm lucky if I'm in the house by seven or eight o'clock most nights. So like I've gotten to the point where I'll bring them up. I'll feed them so that he is not starving to death. And then I'll let the, I'll, uh, and then I'll leave them in the house for a bit till my husband comes home and then he lets them out and then they come back down to the barn. But like Fred come five o'clock, like he's dying if he, if he doesn't have food in front of him. Like it's, it's bad. And then we can't even like we say EAT do you, and we ask him, do you want an EAT? And he just goes nuts. <laughs> like absolutely nuts. And his favorite thing to do is if I have fed them already, then he loves to act like he hasn't eaten when Jeff comes in oh. and he'll try to get Jeff to feed him again. And he'll circle and he'll boop his legs and act like he hasn't eaten. And he's done it. And he's done it like, I've come in the house and I'll like, oh, you want to eat, Fred? Have have you not eaten yet? And he'll do, do the same thing. I'm like, you're such a liar. You're such a liar. You've already eaten. I fed you. Oh, Fred. Fred. They're cool. They're cool dogs. So. Well, we're probably boring. Everyone's know, probably right? dropped off. They're like, we're not listening to this stuff. So if there's anyone left listening, if there's anyone left listening. <laughs> Karen, was this fantastic? Oh, this was a lot of fun. So, and thank you very much for coming up and saying hello to us at Fairhill yeah. uh, a couple months back at, at one of the uh, horse trials over there. So, we it was nice to meet you in person and chat. It was bit. it was lovely to meet you both. Yeah. I I just I saw Stanley and I'm like, okay, I have to go say hi because I've seen Stanley on the internet and I listen to all your guys' podcasts. So, um, thank you. Yeah, I was, it was great to meet you both, and thank you so much for having me on and all my rambling about my crazy crazy adventure on this you know journey with horses so um, yeah i appreciate it thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show please subscribe and never miss an episode of the major league eventing podcast